All right. Hey, Bids Besties. Welcome back to another episode of Hoodwinked, Surviving the Scam. I'm your host, Rita Owens, and today we are in for something really special. You know how we're always talking about turning scams into valuable lessons, right? Well, sometimes the best defense against scams is being financially savvy. And nobody knows that better than my first guest and my personal BB, Biz Bestie, and that is Miss Rachel Gibbs. Rachel Gibbs is the genius behind Gibbs Financial Fitness, and she's been changing lives by bridging the wealth gap in underrepresented communities. She's not just a certified financial pro, she's also a two time best selling author. So buckle up because this is going to be a whirlwind of financial wisdom that you do not want to miss. So, Rachel, welcome to Hoodwink Surviving the Scam. I'm so excited to have you on the show as we've been talking about, as we've been chatting about. Um, and Rachel and I, we actually, it's so funny because she just reminded me that we actually met because of a scam. And I had actually forgotten about that because it was so many years ago. But the irony, right? Like the irony that you're with me right now talking about scams. But before we get into all of that, I want you to kind of kick things off by sharing a little bit about your journey into the financial industry, and then also what inspired you to focus on financial literacy. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for having me, Rita. Hey, business besties. Happy to be here. Um, I'm Rachel Gibbs. As Rita has said, I'm owner and operator of Gibbs Financial Fitness. Um, I started my financial journey when I was seven. I tell people that all the time. Um, I started my journey, of course, when I was seven. I didn't know I was starting it. But when I was seven, I would work closely with my grandfather, who was an entrepreneur, helping him manage things within his business. And as I got older, I kept getting more exposure in his business until I went to college. Then once I got to college, I decided to major in finance because I had such a love for it. After I graduated from Coastal Carolina University with my bachelor's in finance, I went on to be a state insurance auditor. While, while being there, I decided to go back to school and get my MBA in business management. Uh, once I you know, got that MBA, I went on to be a financial crimes investigator where we worked on a lot of uh, <laughs> criminal cases involving money, drug trafficking, human trafficking, scams, fraud, you name it was crazy. I loved it. Um, but the thing about that with being a financial crimes investigator, it was so taxing on me mentally. So I decided that, you know what, there's a need for people in our communities to help those marginalized individuals, especially in regards to financial literacy. So um, I had tiptoed into entrepreneurship in 2016, but I went full speed with it in 2018. And well, that's where I've been for the last uh, five years. It has been an amazing journey. It has been a <laughs> journey full of lessons. Um, what inspired me to get into the industry was just knowing that so many people don't have the necessary education that they need in order to be financially successful. It's not about how much money you make. It's how you manage it. I know, I know people that make 
300, $400,000 a year and they live paycheck to paycheck. Well, I know people that make $30,000 a year. Mind you guys, I'm in South Carolina, not California. <laughs> I don't know if 30 could take you anywhere in California. It barely takes you anywhere in South Carolina. But I know people that make $30,000 a year and, you know, they, they know how to manage that money. They still save and invest. And over time, you know, that $30,000 job is able to help them fund retirement, fund education for their children and so on. And I love that. I love that. And you're so right. You know, that financial literacy, that financial responsibility is so important because you're absolutely right. There are people who make hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, and they still live paycheck to paycheck or mm-hmm. are in extreme debt. Um, so I love what you're doing for the community. I think it's so important um, and it's so inspiring. And I actually have Rachel's book and it's amazing. So um, I don't know if she'll plug it at the end, but it's amazing. Um, and it taught me so much as well. Rachel, you mentioned the financial crimes investigators. I don't skip past all of that. That is so interesting and intriguing to me, number one, because part of your job was really looking into the fraud and the scams. And, you know, some of the listeners might be thinking like, okay, well, she's trained, like she knows what to look for. Why is she on this podcast right now? How is she ever a victim, you know, of a scam when that is what she was trained to do? So I want you to tell me a little bit about how being a financial crimes investigator, how that shaped your understanding of scams. And then I want you to go into that first moment that you knew that you would actually become a victim of a scam. And I want you to start to share that scam story with us. I am so interested in hearing it. Listen, so being a financial crimes investigator, it's more of a sophisticated system. So, for example, like when you're looking at like a Nigerian romance schemes, somebody's in a whole foreign country. Grandma's over there like, oh, I have a boyfriend. I'm sending him checks. You know, he's talking to me on the phone. He's FaceTiming. He's doing whatever. That's my man. Right. Not knowing well, he's doing that to 20 other women. Or when you think about somebody that um, does check fraud, for example, well, a person just, you know, dumpster dives or, you know, maybe not so any more because people don't really like write a lot of checks now but you know that person is targeting strangers most of what i saw in the financial crimes industry these were like horrible crimes committed by strangers these people didn't know who these folks were never seen them didn't even know where they were they were from right on the best investigation side we use a lot of a federal databases to be able to track the person right based on, you know, cameras on the street or license plates. The weirdest things, like the government acts everything, okay? Everything, all right? So, but the person that, the victim, they don't they don't know the people. Now, when it comes to like elder exploitation, 99% of the chance of that is somebody that they know. It's somebody close to them. That's one of those crimes where it's like, you're robbing grandma, like your grand, the granddaughter, the grandson, the aunt, the uncle, the daughter, whomever, somebody in the family. But with some of the other related crimes, the people have no connections at all. Somebody stole their information, credit card information. Be careful everywhere that you swipe that credit card, especially at gas stations. A lot of times they have yes. these little independent readers on the at the gas station that will save and store your credit card information when you swipe it. So I always tell everybody. Kind of look around your surroundings, especially using credit cards, using checks, 
you know, um, if you go write a story at the check, like at Walmart, you write a check, they send it through the machine, they give it back to you. Rip it up. That's really good. Yeah, right that's a really good piece it. of advice. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because one thing they're going to do at Walmart is just store it in the trash can. They're not going to shred it. They don't care. They're just going to take that whole check, throw it in the trash can. Well, criminals are sophisticated. They know how to pull the, the ink off the check what? and put their names on the check. Y'all hear that? That is crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> so, you know, looking at that type of work, I will say... It's different than mm-hmm. what I became a victim of. What happened to me in my situation with my scam? There was an individual that I was connected to in the credit repair industry. And I watched this person for years. I talked to them for years, knew other people that worked with them for years. And I think what happened with that person, they went rogue. Mm. And I think they went rogue because they saw people that were less educated than them who really didn't know the ins and outs of the credit industry, but they were right. making millions. You know, they didn't, re- nobody really knows what they were making and how they made it, but it was uh, portrayed as if, oh, this person over here making millions. I'm over here barely paying my bills. Well, you know what? I know they're cutting corners. Let me cut some corners too. So I think it's a thing of greed and playing on that relationship yes. factor. This person, yes. this person didn't just scam me. They scammed hundreds of people, right? The common denominator was all of us were tied to her. We watched her. We said, oh, she knows her stuff. Talked to her on the phone, FaceTime with her. It was considered to be a trusted business person. And at some point, they went rogue. How did I realize the person went rogue? They asked me to send them $1,500 through Cash App for a mentor. It's not the strangest thing in the world. In our industry, right? That's pretty standard. People use Cash App. You send $1,500. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. standard. I mean, you know, especially because of somebody we know, somebody that, like I said, I had access mm-hmm. to this person for years, had their phone mm-hmm. number, um, at the time, knew where they live. So it all started, I want to say it started in 2021, where I started noticing things. Those red flags, right? Yeah. The first red flag was... um. When I sent the cash app, it wasn't to that person's name. It was a completely different person. And she was like, well, my cash app got mm-hmm. shut down because it was hacked. Sent it to this cash app with some guy named Michael or something. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, whatever. All right, sent the money. Did you get it? Yeah, I got it. Okay. So mind you, it was supposed to be for mentoring. It was supposed to be to help me um, revamp some business things at the time I do at the time I was in the credit repair industry and doing fairly well with that. So I, I didn't get, I think time had gone on a couple of weeks. I didn't get my deliverables. Um, I didn't get the coaching calls and I'm just like, something is not right. Next thing I know, somebody reaches out to me and they're like, Hey, is your name, you know, your name, Rachel Gibbs. I'm like, yeah. They're like, you know, do you own Gibbs Financial Fitness? I'm like, yeah, I'm not on Gibbs Financial Fitness. They had some of my intellectual property that the person that scammed me stole from me. The state, the thing that they mm-hmm. were supposed to help me revamp, they stole it to use it as theirs and resold it. Not only did they resell it, they resold it for like a thousand dollars, and people bought it. Let's let's pause on that for a moment. Okay. So not only did you get scammed, meaning that you paid this person, and they were supposed to deliver something to you, but then they turned around 
and they stole your intellectual property and sold it. Not only did they steal my intellectual property and sold it, they stole my life story and retold it. You know how we're sitting here talking about, you know, all the things that I've done in my life and how, you know, my granddaddy was an inspiration. The person stole my life story and started using it, telling people, oh, she done wrote this book about this. And then when the person came back and told me, I was like, oh my God, she's telling people my story. That's my life story. These are my books. This is, if you look at, you know, I sent the person my my biography. I sent the person, you know, my Amazon links for my book. And it was like, oh my God, she is really out here using your story for her benefit. That is crazy. That is absolutely insane. That's, look, that's, that's the tip of the iceberg. So, okay. So I confront the person and then I, what you talking about? Oh, people lying on me. I'm like, nah, Mm -hmm. you need to give me my money back. The 1500, you need to stop using my stuff. So I was able to remove her from everything, but damage had already been done. So unfortunately, I went after the people that bought my intellectual property from her, told them they need to go get a refund from her. And if they want to use my stuff, they need mm-hmm. to pay me. So then after that, I confronted her. She didn't give the money back. So next thing I know, other people reach out to me with the same story. Hey, she sold me this. I saw your logo on it. I Googled you or I Googled the company. It led me to you. It's like 20, 30 people at this point. So I'm like, we have to get the authorities involved. So we called the police, contacted the FBI. They could not serve papers because she was living in a motel. Her houses have been foreclosed on. She got evicted out of her apartment. She was living wow. in like a red roof. So they could not serve her because soon as they go to a rare room, they, it was, this was like a multi-state investigation. They could not find her. She did not have a stable address. For so let's talk about her. this. So as she is conducting these scams, right? She scammed you. She scammed several other people. Mm-hmm. What does her social media look like? Is she, is, had she retreated from social media? Was she still showing a lifestyle that she was not living? What is the thing? She never showed any lifestyle. She would just say, I own five houses. I got 10 cars. I own a trucking business. I own a daycare. This child owned everything. Mm -hmm. All of that was found to be a lie. All of it. Every last one of them. Lie. So she had kind of, once everybody had started talking about her, because it spread like a wildfire in the credit repair industry. Some people's like, nah, I don't believe she would do that. That's not her character. I'm like, well, you know, I know you've known her a bit longer than you know me, but you also know that I'm an honest person and I wouldn't lie on somebody like that. And nor would 50, 60 other people lie on them. So she removed herself from the traditional Facebook channel. But Clubhouse was still Clubhouse. So that was the end of that. So I thought, next thing I know, I get served a cease of operations from the South Carolina Department of Consumer Affairs for a violation of the Credit Repair Act. Like, say what? So, yes. So, uh, it was was served. It was was a state that it was served. Somebody was like, you've been served. Letter. So, had to communicate with the attorneys. They were like, if you are in violation of this, you will have to pay back money to your victims since you started your business. And I was just like, and I was like, well, what, you know, and I know a lot of people down there because, you know, I, I was a legitimate credit repair company, right? So I knew everybody that worked in that office. So I called my connection. I'm like, what is this about? Who who did this? 
the person that scammed me. As a form of retaliation, because we turned her over to the police. So for the rest of that year, this is 2021. So for the rest of that year, I could I could not operate in my business. I went broke. 2021 was the worst year of my life for a number of reasons, but especially business and financially and mentally because of the distress that the scammer took me through. And they scammed me. I didn't do anything to them. And that's a lot to unpack, Rachel. That's a lot to unpack because your story is so unique in the sense that you didn't get scammed by somebody who you just met. Maybe you saw a post, like a lot of people see posts and groups or on social media, and you're like, let me just go and invest in this person. You said that you actually had made a connection with this person. You had their phone number. You knew where they lived. You know, you had interactions, you know, socially, and you waited to work with this person. But then this person not only scammed you out of money, they also took your property resold it, basically assumed your life, right? Right. Then when they got caught, turned around and tried to ruin your entire business. Absolutely. That is a lot. And, And the reason I'm focusing on that is because there are people who are listening right now who have been scammed. And part of the reason why they don't speak up is because exactly that, right? They don't want to speak up because they are afraid of the retaliation of, you know, the person who scammed them. So talk to me a little bit about, because I'm sure in knowing, you know, finding out that this person really is kind of a loose cannon, right? Right. Um, Knowing that, how did you get the courage to tell your story? And even telling your story now, like what what made you decide like, you know what, I'm not going to stay quiet. I'm going to tell my story and I'm actually going to go after this person knowing that there was the possibility of retaliation, but not really knowing how far she'd actually go. Well, because I believe in standing up for yourself. I mean, even if she showed up on my doorstep with a, with a gun, I mean, I'm still going to stand up for myself. I'm mm-hmm. just that person. Like is that your life, your story Everything that you've worked for is worth fighting for. It to me is worth dying for because that's me. That's it. It, it was so many layers deep, and I and no, I didn't know how far she was gonna go. But you know what? You have to expect the unexpected from people. Sometimes that could be people in your family. Sometimes that could be your friends. Sometimes business colleagues. It. You have to understand at the end of the day, people are people. And and God has given us all the choice of good and bad. Every day you wake up, you know how people say, well, why God let that happen? Because God gives you free will. God is not out here going to sit here. Oh, yeah, let me stop you from doing something bad. No, you want to do something bad. Well, well, when bad karma comes back, don't be over here praying to me. I never once thought about not telling my story. That didn't even cross my mind. Like, oh my God, I was scared. What's she going to do? I mean, like I said, I mean, she tried her best, but I feel as though because of the good deeds that I've done, because of the people that I've helped, the people that I serve, I, I said, you know, at the end of the day, most high going to take care of me. Yeah, I might follow my tail a couple times. Yeah, I went through some major crap, but guess what? I bounced back. I bounced back. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's all about the resilience of the entrepreneur who's been through all of the things like that you've talked about, but still is still standing, right? We're in 2023 now. You said 2021 was the worst year of your life. Yeah, I want to know more about 
the journey that you took in order to get to where you are right now? What did that look like for you mentally? Did you have moments where you felt like you wanted to give up and just quit? How did you navigate through that to where you are today? Well, one thing, like I tell anybody, I go to therapy. I've I've been with my therapist since 2018. I don't go as frequently, frequently as I did when I first started my therapeutic journey. But where there's resilience, I've been resilient my whole life. I didn't have the best childhood. I mean, it was good. But, um, you know, everybody knows I don't have the best relationship with my mom. I don't really have a relationship with my biological dad. Um, have a very strong relationship with my stepdad and my grandparents, my fraternal grandparents. They helped raise me. So um, because of Lemonade always being served in my life, I just looked at it as, oh, well, here's another obstacle that I'm not going to let stop me. I'm going to get to the other side. Now, I ne- up until that moment, I never experienced any type of financial hardship. But going through that taught me so much. One thing I got to really empathize with my clients. When I'm telling you I went broke, I went broke. Everybody that knows me knows I've always saved money, invested money. I'm that person. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go to Rachel and get a loan, even though I don't give loans anymore. But this was the first time in my life where it's like I literally almost lost everything, including my mind. So I was like, it got to a point where, you know, working with my therapist, she was like, well, if you've almost lost everything, then the only place for you to go is up. That's right. So I took that in stride and I said, okay, at that moment, because of what happened, I woke up and said, you know what? I don't even want to do credit repair anymore. Because when you look at my education, my experience and my credentials, that wasn't the place for me anyway. So what I did in that moment, I pivoted. I said, what is something else that I can offer to people that can still help them? I always teach financial literacy, financial education. I just don't rely on that to pay my bills. But one thing that I did recognize throughout the course of since I've been 18 years old, I've always done taxes. So I was like, you know what? Why don't I focus more on that industry? Let's not, you know, I've been playing around with tax for 14 years. Let's focus on that. Let's just let that be the bread and butter. And you can still educate people and help people with their finances. Right. So that so that's that's all of these things it went through my head in that moment. In that moment. So when January 2022 came around, I was in a much better headspace. Tax season and started for that year, got a lot of clients in. I was just like, I'm done with credit. I'm done with credit repair. Like I'm just I'm finished with it. And it's like I probably shouldn't have taken that lane anyway earlier on, but you don't know what you don't know. I just wanted to help people. I just wanted it to led you to what you're doing now, though. Correct, correct. So it was tough. It was tough. It was really tough. But like with my fit, my family was a support. My significant other going to therapy, realizing that yeah, you can lose it all, but you can gain it all right back. That's the sweetest revenge. That's the That's- sweetest revenge. It's like I didn't disappear. Now this this young lady, she disappeared from the world. I didn't disappear. I stood on what I had to say. I told my story to everybody that needed to know it. And that's hurt a lot of relationships for her. I don't know what she's doing today. I think she's doing something with trucking. But the crazy thing is her background was like in logistics. Why why come over here and scam people when you have talents? That's what I couldn't wrap my head around. You have talents. 
But the difference was she didn't have faith in herself. She didn't have that confidence. See, no matter what, everything that I went through in this process, I never lost confidence in who I was and what I had to offer. So that's why I'll tell anybody, you might get scammed, you might get hurt, but don't let that steal away from you the truth about who you are and what you came to do. That's a whole word, Rachel. You know, I had to let you finish because that is exactly, exactly why we're here today. That's exactly why we're here today. And, you know, I, I sat and I listened to the story, but of course, because we have a relationship outside of this, mm-hmm. I know what you went through and it was hard to watch. You know what I mean? And again, like we share similar stories in regards right. to, you know, scams and things like that. And it's always hard to watch somebody that you care about go through, you know, hardship. But the thing is, like, she didn't know who she was messing with because you are resilient. Then I am so proud of you and I'm so excited for everything that you have going on. And especially because I know that with you, your passion has always been to help others. And I love the fact that you're doing something that is not only a passion for you, but that you're going to be able to help and assist others as well. So I want to, you know, go ahead and kind of wrap things up a little bit, but I want to have you tell us a little bit about any of the upcoming projects that you have going on. What's going on in your world? Oh man, so much. So the biggest project I'm working on right now, I'm helping people start their own tax prep business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm selling my tax software, but I also have the tax um, accelerator that helps you from scratch build a tax business. And I kind of hold your hand and, and guide you through being a coach. You know, um, I, so I still get so to do no that. experience necessary. No experience. experience necessary. We have everything. Okay. We have the tax law training. We have the software. Um, we have all the additional resources and everything that you need to get started. Um, so I, I tell you, I give you the blueprint and I make sure that you implement the blueprint. So I, you know me, I love doing that. I love it. Um, still doing tax preparation. You know, that's my baby as well. Coming soon, I will have an online financial literacy institute. So it will be uh, a series of courses that people can sign up for to get a comprehensive financial literacy uh, education. And if people really want to say, hey, Rachel, I just need to talk with you. I want to work with you one-on-one on a few things. Um, I will have that available to people. Um, not in a full-time capacity, but if I get enough people to say, hey, I just want to book a couple sessions with you and help me manage these finances, I- I'm more than willing to do that. That's pretty much what we have going on over here. You know, still still finding a way to serve the community with financial literacy through the courses, also through my books. I'm going to go ahead and leave those in the show notes. So everything okay. that Angela yeah. talked about today, I will go ahead and leave her information in the show yes. notes. So you can follow me. Yeah, please follow me and and connect with me because this is something that I just love to do. I love helping people and I see every day how people uh, get scammed, you know, and be careful using Zelle and Cash App for people that you don't know and people that you do know. If somebody's conducting business with you, they should be sending you an invoice where you can pay with your credit card because what smart criminals know, there are no disputing rights or chargeback rights with Zelle or Cash App. So that's right. Yep. You 
your money's gone. And that's what happened with me and all those other hundreds of people. So Rachel, do you have any parting words for our guests today that you'd like to leave them with? Listen, I know entrepreneurship is hard. I know that you face many obstacles. I just want you to know that you have everything inside of you to overcome those obstacles. And you are going to get knocked down on your behind. But just realize with every time you get knocked down, you pop back up stronger. So never give up and keep going. And also, I will say, if the fight becomes too tough and you're like, you know what, I'm going to have to put this on pause. That is okay. That's okay. Don't risk being homeless and risk being in poverty because of your pride of, I don't want people to see that I couldn't make it in business. It's okay. You can always go back to a job and regroup and then come back and run the business again. So I definitely want to tell people that's an option as well. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being my first guest on Hoodwinked Surviving the Scam. And you definitely survived the scam. And you didn't only survive it, but you're thriving beyond the scam as well. And I'm so proud of you. So grateful again to have you on the podcast. And that wraps things up for us today, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, I am going to be sure to leave Rachel's information in the show notes. So be sure to reach out to her. Be sure to follow her on social media. Rachel, what's your social media handle? So on Instagram is Finlit Rachel. So that's F-I-N-L-I-T Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L. On Facebook is Rachel Gibbs. I do have a blue check on Facebook because hackers be hacking. Yes, yeah. they do. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for being on the show today, Rachel. And until next time, you guys be sure to tune in for next week's episode of Hoodwink Surviving the Scam.